Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 102, what podcasters should learn from the podcast awards. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And this episode is sponsored in part by GoToMeeting with HD Faces. More on that in a couple minutes. The Podcast Awards slate of finalists has been announced and I am so so honored by the hard work that you and so many people have put into nominating all of these podcasts including several here from Noodle Mix Network. In the podcast awards we have very very surprisingly to me the Ramen Noodle made it into the comedy finalists and the Ramen Noodle is the only clean comedy podcast among those finalists. Then also in the awards under entertainment, once podcast is in there, I'm very happy about that. And under technology, the Audacity to Podcast, this show made it in again. So that's second year that the Audacity to Podcast has been nominated or been in the finalists for the nominations. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for nominating my podcast, our podcast here on Noodle Mix Network, and for nominating all of the other podcasts that you listen to. I hope that some of the ones you listen to have made it into the finalists, and you can start voting for them on November 1st through 15th. Well, there were over 5,000 podcasts nominated, and each of these had to be filtered down into a finalist selection of 220 podcasts. That was tough. But they had certain criteria, I think very good criteria, for judging what is a podcast and what makes a good podcast and what should be in the awards. It's not just the nominations, but it's also several other things, very important things, that I'm going to share with you some lessons that I think you should learn from other podcasts that either did or did not make it into the podcast awards. So you can check out podcastawards.com to start voting on November 1st and vote every day for your favorite podcasts in each category. Again, please vote for my podcasts. Under comedy, vote for The Ramen Noodle. Under entertainment, vote for Once Podcast. And under technology, vote for The Audacity to Podcast. And I will have my suggestions for other podcasts you could vote for at the end of this episode. But before I get into our main content, talking about the lessons you should learn from these other podcasts, let me tell you about our sponsor, GoToMeeting with HD Faces, brought to you by Citrix. Meetings are really important. That's how we communicate with people, how we share ideas, how we can brainstorm on things, solve problems. But in our world today, Clients and colleagues and coworkers are all over the place, and it's really impossible to get people together for an in-person meeting. But you know what's not impossible is having an online meeting with GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It's super easy, and you can meet online at the convenience of the people you want to have in your meeting. So it doesn't matter where they are. Anywhere with an internet connection, they can join your meeting, see your screen. They could even just pick up the phone and join your meeting, even if they don't have an internet connection. They could still join that way. 
GoToMeeting makes this really easy. It's really high quality. It's easy for you as the meeting host, and it's easy for the participants. And now, brand new feature, you can even host a meeting from your iPad. Not just join a meeting, you can host a meeting from an iPad. So if you have to go traveling and you don't want to take your computer with you just to have an online meeting, now you can take just your iPad and still be able to host an online meeting. I love this. This is super easy, a great value for clients, colleagues, and coworkers to meet online and collaborate together. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST. GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. Thank you, Citrix, for your support once again. So looking at all of these podcasts from the Podcast Awards, if you go to podcastawards.com before probably by January 2013, there will be this video there from Todd Cochran. And in case it's not there, you can go to the show notes for this episode, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 102 to rewatch this video where he announced all of the people that made it into the finalists for the voting But he also shares some really, really valuable statistics from all of these 5,000, more than 5,000 podcasts that were nominated for the podcast awards because they had to review each podcast and see based on how many nominations it received and whether the podcast was accessible under certain criteria and all of this. So he shares some great statistics and then he announces the podcasts that are there. So congratulations if you've made it into the finalists. But those who did and those who didn't still have a lot that we can learn from this information. So I've taken Todd's video. I've got it in the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 102. And you can watch that video. But also I've got this list of some things that I think we should try to do on our websites based on what Todd shares in this video from the podcast awards. So first, make your website uniquely branded not generic. Todd shared that 90% of the websites or the podcasts that were in the podcast awards. Now, the actual what made this up, I think when he's referring to these percentages, he's referring to those that were nominated, not those that made it into the finalists, but those that were nominated. But thankfully, 90% of the podcasts did have a uniquely branded website, not just a generic WordPress page or Libsyn or Blueberry template, but something uh, something specially branded. That's very good advice. Have something that's branded. That's why for all of my podcasts, they each have their own domains and their own website designs is so that they can be uniquely branded and not just a generic Noodle Mix Network branding, but something unique to each podcast. So 10% of those podcasts nominated did not do this well. Another point, ensure your audio quality is great. Even if you use Block Talk Radio, you can still record your end of the audio or record through your computer and publish that. Don't publish what you receive from Block Talk Radio. Todd said that very few podcasts had low audio quality, but the ones that did were definitely used, recorded with Block Talk Radio. Do not publish that media. You can use Block Talk Radio for what it does well but don't use it to record and publish your podcast. Make your, number three here, make your podcast obvious on your homepage. Don't make people dig to find it. 
27% of the podcasts that were nominated for the awards failed to make their podcast obvious on their homepage. This is huge because when people visit your site, well, it needs to be obvious to them what your podcast is all about, let alone that you have a podcast, period. I shared some information about what you can do on your website and ways to have a more effective website back in episode 37 when I redesigned the Audacity to Podcast. So you can go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 37 and listen to my five steps to an effective podcast website, or just go to the show notes and I have the link there at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 102. But 27% of the podcasts nominated forced people to dig around on their website in order to find the podcast. That's terrible. If you have a podcast, make it obvious that you have a podcast, especially from your webpage, from your homepage. Even something as simple as a link in your navigation bar that says podcast can be great, but there's so much more that you could do than that. So listen to that episode, episode 37, to learn some more things that you can do. Number four, Make your podcast playable and downloadable on your site. PowerPress is great for this because it makes it really easy to embed that little player automatically so people can just click play on your site to listen through their browser. Of all of the podcasts nominated, 34% couldn't be played from the website. That's terrible. That means a third of the podcast sites out there, when people visit the podcast site, They can't listen to the podcast. They have to subscribe or have to browse in some other weird system in order to listen to the content. That's terrible, especially if you're trying to do search engine optimization for your site. You want people to be able to listen to your podcast on your site. And because Podcast Awards is hosted by Blueberry, and Blueberry offers a free and a premium stat system, which, by the way, great stat system. Even if you're already using Libsyn and checking their stats, I still recommend Blueberry's stats because you can cross-check them, and they have a great system there. They both have great systems, really. But because of the uh, many of the podcasts were using Blueberry stats already, they were able to look into this and see that of those podcasts nominated, iTunes accounts for only 53% of the downloads. Browsers were number two by a large margin. Browsers, people just going to the website and clicking play, a huge margin between that and then everything else. So iTunes at 53%. Todd didn't say an exact percentage for browsers, but you can check that in your own stats. And of the browsers, the iPad is the number one mobile device used for listening to podcasts through a browser. This makes perfect sense because on an iPad, people are maybe just browsing the web. They see your website, they click play, and they want to listen to the podcast. And also, I think a lot has to do with the fact that up until recently, Apple didn't have an official app where people could subscribe to podcasts on their mobile devices. Now they can, so that's a lot easier. And I'll get into that in another tip here. Fifth, uh, step five, or point five here. If you publish a video podcast, make your video embeddable for your fans. This is where just under your video and PowerPress, again, PowerPress can do this, but this is where you have some code, HTML code for your fans where they can take your video and post it on their website. 
If you use Libsyn or Blueberry stat services, this still counts toward your stats, but this is a way that your fans can share your video podcast episodes. This is especially great if you have any kind of how-to information that fans would want to share. 73% of the podcasts didn't do that. I'm not sure if that's 73% of the video podcasts or 73% overall, but definitely, if you have video, make it embeddable. You do have that option with PowerPress for audio podcasts. Not so sure it's necessary, but you still could make that available for your fans. Number six, create an RSS feed for your video podcast. YouTube, Blip.tv, Vimeo, Vidler, Voodoo, whatever, video publishing platform like that, YouTube being the most popular, is not good enough. You are technically not a podcast if you only have video on YouTube. Surprisingly, 70%, and again, I don't know if this is total or of the video podcast, this is probably of the video podcast, 70% did not have an RSS feed for their videos. That means they're technically not a podcast. 70%, that's terrible. Don't just embed the YouTube videos on your site. Use media hosting, upload your media so that people can download it and subscribe to your podcast through RSS feed. Number seven, speaking of RSS feeds, make sure that yours is valid and working. You can use feedvalidator.org to do this. Thankfully, or we're thankful that of the podcasts that were submitted, only 9% had invalid feeds. But still, that's a big number. That's one out of 10 podcasts did not have valid feeds. This can explain why there might be feed issues. This could hinder subscriptions or getting in podcast directories. Make sure your feed is valid and working and has your latest episodes. Number eight, have a valid RSS link. I recommend something like a little RSS icon. Don't get too fancy in making something up for yourself, but have something that's pretty universal looking. But have that RSS link for your podcast, for your feed, or multiple feeds. Of the podcast nominated, 33% had a blog only feed, which I don't think there should be a blog only. I think it should be a site wide feed where it includes blog and podcast. That way, if someone subscribes through something like Google Reader, they can also see your podcast episodes, especially if you have good show notes. So I don't think there should be blog-only feeds out there. But 33% offered a blog-only feed. 49% offered a podcast-only feed. So about half of you out there are offering this. This is great because podcast-only feed means that your blog posts don't bump out your podcast episodes if someone is subscribing to that feed through a podcast program. And 23% of the nominees had the podcast feed buried somewhere on the website, deep, dark corners here and there. 28% didn't even have a findable RSS feed or an iTunes link. How are people going to subscribe to your podcast if you don't have a findable RSS link or even an iTunes link? You got to have that on your site, make it visible I recommend have it on every page, especially more prominent on the homepage. And you can check to see uh, what I do with the audacity to podcast.com and several other podcasts to see how I put that on every single page. By the way, many of these things, my brief little commercial here, many of these things that are tips to do for your podcast, I can do for you. If you'd like to hire me either one-on-one consulting, 
to help you do these things or I can do them for you on your websites. I'd love to help you out. You can just email me through all of the normal feedback means that I share. Feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or go to theaudacitytopodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab on the right side. Number nine, have a backup plan if you're using FeedBurner or leave FeedBurner completely. 71% of the shows are still publishing their FeedBurner addresses. That's the feeds.feedburner.com slash whatever your podcast name is. It's not bad to use FeedBurner, but what if FeedBurner shuts down? I have a link in the show notes back to uh, my previous episode, 97 theaudacitypodcast.com slash 97 if you want to jump straight there, but where I taught you how you can leave FeedBurner. It's a really involved process, but you can follow those steps to also simply change the address people are subscribed to. So you can still use FeedBurner, just not have people subscribe to your FeedBurner address because if FeedBurner shuts down, then what are you going to do? Especially if you only have 15 or 30 days to do something if FeedBurner announces they're going to shut down. There is no confirmation they are, But just in case, and I really am now a big fan of owning every domain that people interact with, including your RSS feed address. So check that out. Again, link in the show notes for this episode, number 102. Number 10, cut down your RSS feed size. A lot of podcasts are way too big. And 26% of the podcasts had an RSS feed that was, that was larger than 250 kilobytes. Now, FeedBurner cuts off at 512 kilobytes. I still think that's too large. 250 is a good number. Todd Cochran mentioned that this was what iTunes recommended, but I couldn't find it in their podcasting specifications. So maybe I just missed it, or maybe that is an old number, but it's still a very good guideline. Because anytime someone checks your RSS feed, they have to download that full file. And if it's bigger than 250 kilobytes, then it's going to slow down their download, make it less convenient for them. So keep that small to make your podcast run faster for people. Of those podcasts nominated, well, let me get into this point first. Number 11, make your iTunes icon or link to your podcast in iTunes visible on your homepage or whatever your landing page is for your podcast. If you have a website that's for something else and then a podcast portion of that, that landing page, make your iTunes icon or link obvious on that page. I have a link in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 102 for how you can make an iTunes link for your podcast that will open your podcast directly in iTunes Not the instant subscribe thing. You don't want to do that. But we'll open your podcast listing directly in iTunes. Check that out in the show notes. Now, of the podcast nominated, 61% did have a visible iTunes icon on their landing pages. That means that 39% of the websites out there, more than a third of the podcast websites, did not have an iTunes link from their landing pages for their podcast. That's not good. You need that iTunes link because iTunes is the top podcast directory. So you need to have that link and make it a smart link. Like I share with that link that I share in, wow, that's so meta, in the show notes for this episode. Also of those nominated, 57% had that iTunes icon somewhere on their site. 
So that's good, but make sure the icon is on your landing pages. Number 12, make your feedback, email, and phone number easily accessible. I talk about this so often, and several people sent in tips about this for the 100th episode where I included 100 amazing tips from amazing podcasters. But several people had complained about this and sent in tips. Make your email address visible on your website. Make your phone number visible on your website. If you want feedback from your listeners, if you don't care about your listeners and you don't want feedback from them, then go ahead. Hide your email address. Hide your phone number. Of the podcast nominated, only 12% had a visible email address. 12%. One in 10 actually give their email address on their website. Now, I don't know of that 12%, how many of those are an actual human readable and clickable email address? Or is it that annoying thing that I absolutely hate where it's like feedback bracket at bracket my domain dot com and that whole, ugh, it's ugly. It's not usable. Don't do it, please. 8% had a newsletter sign up on their site. Interesting that they would give out that, uh, you know, the, the correlation there of how many people give out their email address to hear back from their listeners, and then how many people are asking for listeners to give their email addresses. 21% had a feedback number or some kind of audio feedback widget. Maybe this was Google Voice or SpeakPipe or something like that, or just a plain phone number on their site. That's good, but it needs to be better. If you want to hear from your listeners, make it easy. Make your feedback information easily accessible, visible, definitely on your landing page. I recommend have that feedback information in your show notes for every episode, as well as a widget on the sidebar of your site. So it's on every single page of your site. 13, get your own domain. 90% of the podcasts have their own .com domains. Now, Todd used the phrase .coms, that they have their own .coms. .com is not necessarily the only option anymore. I mean, several podcasts out there have .tv. I use .mx for noodle.mx, and my own personal site is danieljlewis.net because I couldn't get the .com. So when Todd says .coms, I don't know if he actually literally meant .coms or if he meant their own domains. Now, 90% had their own whatever. I'll assume it's their own domains because that seems like a reasonable number that 10% then are using someone else's domain. So this might be mypodcast.wordpress.com or mypodcast.lipson.com. Have your own domain. That way it's brandable. And again, you have full control over any domain and address that people interact with. Number 14, write thorough show notes. I have talked about this before, back in episode 49, go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash 49 to check that out, where I shared how you can write better show notes and what the benefits are that will provide this. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention for step 13, get your own domain. If you jump back to episode 19, you can get some tips for picking a good domain for your podcast. So back to step 14, or tip 14, write thorough show notes. 73% Three quarters of the podcasts nominated had less than a single paragraph of show notes for their latest five episodes. That is bad. 
Now, I know some content just doesn't lend itself well to show notes, and I'm not sure what they necessarily consider a paragraph, because if you have a bullet point list of every point and every link and every item that you mention in your podcast, I would say that's good. You could be more and write uh, more sentences and such, but I would say that's really good. So I don't know if they're actually saying actual paragraph or if they're just saying a paragraph worth of content, but make sure that you do have thorough show notes, pictures, links, all of that stuff and more in your show notes for your podcast and make those show notes easy to get to as well. So check back to episode 49 for more information about that. Number 15, blog on your website between podcast episodes. Todd referred several times to this really helping growth. This helps people come to your website. And by coming to your website, they also hopefully discover that you have a podcast. But of all the podcasts nominated, only 16% of the podcasts have frequent blog posts between their podcast episodes. That's a tiny number. Now, I know a lot of podcasts, that's what they think. They're just podcasts. So that's all that they release are podcast episodes. But blog about something too in between. Even if it's just you want to take a point that you talk about in your podcast episode and go into it in more detail in a blog post in written form, that can be great too. Because then in the blog post, you can say, hear me talk about this in this episode. So blog too on your website. I'm In the future, I'm going to have a podcast episode about why bloggers or why podcasters should also be bloggers. I know that's kind of backwards than what you'd think people would talk about, but very important too. Number 16, spread your message across multiple media outlets. 23% of the podcasts are creating audio, video, and blog posts. And that 23% is seeing the biggest growth. When I have been working on this on my own podcast and spreading out, trying to create more video and more blog posts as well, I am also seeing great growth, especially like from my Once Upon a Time podcast. Occasionally, I'll run across some news or a screenshot or something, and I'll post a blog post about it. Thousands of people come to read that blog post, and then they get converted into podcast subscribers. And when I release video, like I did an unboxing video of the Once Upon a Time Blu-ray set just before it was released. I got an early copy since I'm a member of the press. And that video was viewed by thousands of viewers. And I received so many questions from people who wanted to know, well, does it have this on the disc or whether they should buy it? And it was really helpful. And it increased the subscriptions to my audio podcast. So spread your message across multiple media formats and outlets. 17, make your website mobile friendly. Todd said that 31% of the podcasts have a mobile ready website. No, I'm a web designer and developer. So I really have to question the definition of mobile ready. Is that simply mobile compatible? Like, if you go to any of the podcast websites that I have right now, the Audacity Podcast, Once Podcast, The Ramen Noodle, Christian Meets World, Beyond the To-Do List, any of those, and uh, this is as of October 2012, if you go to those, you'll see that the website works on mobile. You can press play on the podcast episodes, and they play on a mobile browser without the need of Flash. 
So they're compatible. But I have to question, when he said mobile ready, did he mean optimized? Because I would say there's a difference between just being compatible that, yes, it works, versus being optimized for mobile platforms, where it's instead of this gigantic website in an itty-bitty little living space, it is this optimized website for that optimized tiny little screen. This is something I am working on it right now. Well, not this very minute, but I am working on some tweaks to the Audacity podcast that will make it a responsive website so that it will look great on mobile platforms. This ties back into the previous tip, tip four, that the iPad is the number one mobile device used for listening to podcasts in a browser. So many people like using these tablets and consider the iPad mini is even smaller and that's coming out soon. It's pre-orders have sold out already. All of these devices where people are using a smaller screen, make sure your content is optimized for those devices at the least that they work, that they're compatible. Here's a way to look at this. If your website is just compatible, it's like going to the Indy 500 with a car that simply moves. That's what it's like. If your website is just compatible with mobile devices, then you are that car that can move at the Indy 500. But if you want to be able to race very well and even possibly win at the Indy 500, then you need a car optimized for racing. Otherwise, you're not going to win. Same thing on a mobile device, mobile platform, you need to have a website that's optimized for mobile. That's something I I do specialize in and I'm working on it finally for my own websites to make sure that they look great on mobile and that will be launching very soon. You'll hear about it obviously in the podcast when I do finish that. Number 18, be on social networks and link to them from your website. Of the podcast nominated, 60% had a Twitter link. Uh, I assume this means a link to their Twitter account, not just a link to tweet, because that's really easy. I would say that number is probably higher, but actually had a link to their Twitter presence. 72% had a Facebook link. That surprises me that the Facebook number, and this surprised Todd too, the Facebook number is higher than the Twitter number. And here's a really, really telling statistic. 15% had a Google Plus link. You know what that tells me? Very few podcasts have podcast pages on Google+. So you could easily dominate on Google+, for your podcast, by creating a good, well-developed presence there on that social network. Number 19, Podcast Weekly, at least for the best audience growth. Todd shared that 25% of the podcasts are weekly, and... 23% podcast more than one episode per week and are seeing eight times the growth. Podcasting weekly is kind of that prime spot where it requires the least amount of work and you get the best payoff. But podcasting more often than that, you see greater growth. Podcasting less than weekly, you don't see much growth. I think Todd had said that podcasting weekly grows at 10 times the rate of podcasting less than weekly, and then podcasting more than one episode per week is eight times that. So consider that. And I see that with our Once Podcast, about Once Upon a Time, the TV show. We podcast twice per week. 
once on Sunday nights, once on Wednesday nights, and post it hours after we record. And the growth, wow, the growth for that podcast has really taken off now that the season two is back. Number 20, don't neglect your podcast during the summer. Todd shared that many of the podcasts had little or no summer dip. Now, I did see a dip in my Once Upon a Time podcast downloads, and that's very understandable because that's based on a TV show. The TV show goes on hiatus during summer, and so a lot of people aren't looking for podcasts about the TV show during the summer. They're not browsing the web for it because it's not prominent on their minds. But even during the summer for that podcast, I would still get thousands of downloads for the episodes I released During the summer hiatus, I did change my schedule a bit to bi-weekly, which I didn't really like, but that was our availability. And we still saw many downloads. So when we come back with season two, we were able to build up to it and tell people this is coming. You can still stay subscribed. And so continuing to provide that content helps give the listeners something to keep listening to and keeps them connected. And then finally, Tip 21, be in iTunes or other podcast directories. Just posting your audio on your website or posting your video on YouTube or anything like that, that's not good enough. Todd shared that most podcasts average 93 different kinds of devices or clients for downloading the podcast episodes. 93. So make sure that you are accessible to as many of those as possible. This could mean joining all of these different podcast directories and making sure that you're in these top podcasting mobile apps. That could be very important there, but also the things like making sure your website is playable on your web, making sure your podcast is playable on your website and more. So make sure that your podcasts are all over the place. So those are 21 tips 21 lessons that you should learn from these other podcasts that have been in the podcast awards and in the nominations. So please go to podcastawards.com or you can jump there through the audacity to podcast.com slash podcast awards. And I'll eventually have a video there showing how to vote for these. Once the voting opens, I can make that video and share it with you. But go there and vote for your favorite podcasts. Again, please vote for our podcast and vote every day for your favorite podcasts. Under comedy, we've got The Ramen Noodle. Under entertainment, we have Once Podcast. And under technology, we have The Audacity to Podcast, this show, under each of those categories. So I really appreciate your vote and uh, would love to see your support. But also, I want to give back to the community. So I'm not just voting for my own shows. I'm going to vote for other shows too. So I've looked through the whole list and checked with some of my listeners. And some of my listeners have also emailed me, and I really appreciate that. So here are the podcasts I'm also going to vote for in the podcast awards. And I recommend that you check these out. And I'd love for you to vote for these things as well. For People's Choice, I'm voting for Smart Passive Income. For Best Produced, I'm voting for Geekazine. This is by a fellow tech podcast member. I'm part of the Tech Podcast Network, and I love that group. It's a great group. We're going to have some awesome CES coverage. Yes, I said we. I'm going there too. And so he's got his podcast. So I recommend that for Best Produced. For Best Video Podcast, The iPad Show. This is also a fellow tech podcast member. 
for business. Again, Smart Passive Income Podcast. I really love that. Now, the others there are probably great too. I just haven't heard them yet. So if you want to tell me which of the others I should definitely be listening to, please comment on the show notes for this episode, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 102. And you can also get this list that I'm sharing with you right now. Under education, please share day in tech, or please vote for day in tech history, also by a fellow tech podcast member. Under gaming, vote for Minecraft Me. This is from a former tech tech podcast member. And uh, he has a great video podcast about Minecraft and they run their own server and it's really fun. And my my wife likes Minecraft and I play it occasionally with her too. So I recommend that for the gaming podcast. For health and fitness, vote for Recovered. This is from Recovered Cast, a listener to the Audacity Podcast. For religion inspiration, I'll be voting for a survival guide for Christian men because this looks like a great podcast. It's by PB&J Network, and they listen to the Audacity Podcast, and they are friends of mine. And under sports, vote for Who Day Weekly. This is by Nick from spnt.tv. And uh, it's a sports podcast, of course, about Cincinnati Bengals. Please vote for that because he's got some rough competition against several ESPN podcasts in that category. Interestingly, some that won awards before. So vote for that, Who Day Weekly for sports. And then under travel, please vote for another The Audacity Podcast listener. Vote for Mouse Chat under travel. So I have this link, uh, this list of podcasts I'm voting for, and I recommend that you vote for as well in the podcast awards. If you go to the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 102. Now you'll re- recognize that there are some categories missing from this, from my recommendations, because I just couldn't pick anything in those categories. I didn't listen to any of them. I didn't recognize any of them. Now, if you have a podcast in the category that I didn't mention, please let me know. Comment on the show notes or email me directly and I'll add that to this list. So if you are listening, looking for things to vote for, please make sure you go to the list, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 102 and see if I've added anything to this list of podcasts that I recommend that you vote for and that I'll be voting for as well. So that's all for the main content of this episode. I, I really recommend that you check your podcast to see, does it meet these criteria? If you were nominated and didn't make it in, maybe it's because you didn't meet one of these criteria, or maybe you just didn't get enough nominations. Whatever the case, there's something I think we can all learn from this of things to do for our website. I've certainly learned some things. Like, I am I really, really need to focus more on mobile. I've known that for a while. I've been watching my stats, seeing how many mobile devices visit my websites. So I am working hard to optimize my websites for mobile. Not just make them compatible, but optimize them so I can win that race. And I really hope that you will be at New Media Expo in Vegas on January 6th, through the 8th, because they will be hosting the podcast awards ceremony there. There are going to be special perks for nominees to make it there and some cool things going on. And Leo Laporte will be hosting the awards. That will be awesome. I I think you'll have a chance if you've been just nominated. I think you'll have a chance to meet Leo, shake his hand 
and he'll thank you and congratulate you for being among the finalists. Go to the audacity to podcast.com slash in M X that stands for new media expo. And you can register through my affiliate link and I will be there. This being nominated in the finalists for podcast awards is that final push I needed to decide I'm definitely going to go on and go ahead to new media expo. So I will be there and I hope to meet you there too. I am not presenting anything, unfortunately. I really wish my sessions were approved, but they weren't. That's okay. There are a lot of great sessions that I will be attending. I'll also be there networking with people and meeting new people. I would love to meet you. So if you can, go to newmediaexpo.com to register for that. And you can still get some slightly early bird pricing if you register before November 23rd. So theaudacitypodcast.com slash NMX. There will be only one New Media Expo in 2013, not a New York event as well, only the one in Las Vegas. So make sure that you can be there. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash NMX to register today, or I'll have those links in the show notes and on the website at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 102. So check out all of these links. Check out the podcasts that I mentioned uh, that are my suggestions for whom you should vote for. I have links to those podcasts, in fact, in the show notes. Uh, And also check out this full list and watch Todd's full video. It's definitely worth it. The video is only about 33 minutes long. It's definitely worth watching to learn about how you can make your podcast better and also see the awesome announcement of all the podcasts are in the podcast awards. And go to podcastawards.com to not to vote for your favorite podcast and especially please vote for our podcasts under comedy the ramen noodle under entertainment once podcast and under technology the audacity to podcast voting starts on november 1st and ends november 15th so vote every single day for your favorite podcasts vote early vote often and also if you're in the united states don't forget to vote for whom our next president will be too. I'd say that's even more important than the podcast awards, but you can do both. It's okay. You can fit it in. Your schedule will allow that. So again, check out the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 102 to get this full list of my tips and uh, things that I think we should all learn from the podcast awards for improving our podcasts. Check out my list of suggestions of podcasts to vote for and also register for New Media Expo and learn more about how you can take your podcast to a whole new height of uh, quality, of performance, of subscribers, just doing so much better with it. So many things that we can all do. So go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash 102 for those show notes, and you can comment there too and start a discussion about this. Also, you can email feedback information for future episodes by emailing written or recorded feedback to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or you can go to theaudacitypodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab on the right side. Please follow me on twitter.com slash noodle. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you for listening and voting.
The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network, where we have so many podcasts about technology. It is unbelievable. So many things are so niche and also even big overview shows. So find out at techpodcasts.com.